Little honeybees flying around, little green peas from the ground, buttermilk biscuits nice and brown. Bring it to Tennessee farm table, butter beans, peas, beets and chard, chickens running in the yard, catfish frying in that lard. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Cast on skillets, good and hot. Watch it steam and crack and pop. Cornbread bacon in that stove. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Pick them maters, good and ripe. Drop in black gang candy stripes. Look at them loading down those vines. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Bring it to Tennessee Farm Table. Good Saturday morning, and welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table, a show dedicated to the people of our region who produce, prepare, and preserve our regional foods and agricultural products. This is your hostess, Amy Campbell. The song that you just heard was sung by East Tennessee's own. Emmy Sunshine. She's from Madisonville, Tennessee. And today we're setting the table with the grand opening of the Merrillville Farmer's Market, Mile High Bologna Pie, and a prize-winning recipe from the lady who won the National Cornbread Festival two times. Today we visit with the Merrillville Farmer's Market. This is their opening day, celebrating 10 years and growing. We get to hear from Karen Shankles. She's the two-time winner from the National Cornbread Festival. Also, Mary Constantine joins us. She's food writer for the Knoxville News Sentinel. She's going to be judging several cornbread heats this weekend at the National Cornbread Festival. On the show today, Mary has a recipe for us for mile-high bologna pie. Thank you so much for tuning in. Now let's get going. We first visit with Beverly Dupes. She's a farmer in Blount County and one of the people that helps run the Maryville Farmer's Market. It's 10 years old and growing, and the grand opening is today from 9 to 2. Today at the market, they'll also have local crafters. A group of us 11 years ago decided we wanted to have a farmer's market in Maryville, Tennessee. So under the tutelage of Chad Berry, who is now at Berea College, and with a great board of directors, one including Sam Bell, who we sadly lost this past year, and myself, and the hard work of numerous volunteers and the entire board of directors, we started this farmer's market. The goal was to have it self-sufficiently run by growers. And it's pretty much that way now. And it's been incredibly successful putting over a million dollars worth of income back into our community. This is a producer-only market. There's no wholesale resale. It's all products that the people that you meet are the ones that grew the products. So you get to meet your farmer. This is a little bit different type of market today because this is always a food-focused, producer-only market, um, but they have crafters that are showing up today as well from 9 until 2. You can find this market in downtown Maryville. Just go through the main street, which is Broadway, and you'll see it. There's always plenty of free parking. 
Beverly Dupes is an East Tennessee farmer, and she has Chamber Hills Farm. So she's going to tell us about the market and what we can expect to find from 9 until 2 today. For more information about the market, the website is MaryvilleFarmersMarket.org. Beverly, good to see you. It's good to see you. Well, now you're a farmer and part of the Maryville Farmers Market. Will you tell us a little bit about what you grow? My uh, my farm is Chambers Hill Farm. Um, we mainly raise pigs, but we raise a little bit of everything else, tomatoes, lettuces, beans, t- cucumbers, squashes, and sweet corn. What kind of sweet corn are you growing this year? Uh, peaches and cream, of course, which is everybody's favorite. <laughs> and then we have... Um, We'll have a white corn and yellow as well. All right. Silver queen, I'm sure. So where is your farm located? We're in Wildwood uh, in the Porter community. Okay. Which markets do you sell at? I do the um, all three of our Maryville markets, which is Tuesdays at Clayton Vanderbilt. And their corporate office has a, a farmer's market for their employees every week, which has turned out to be great for our farmers. Good. Um, and then we have Wednesday markets at, at First Baptist Church and that will start in May. And then of course our Saturday markets. And that's First Baptist Church in Maryville. Correct. So this Saturday, will you be set up at the Maryville Farmers Market? I will. What you gonna be selling? It's early in the season mm-hmm. and, and we're all a little bit behind with the weather being so cold. Mm-hmm. But we'll have um, pork, um, we'll have sausage and eggs and some lettuces and onions, kale, mm-hmm. maybe some bok choy. It's a little early for that, but I think we may have it. Tell us, would you, about the Maryville Farmer's Market. This Saturday, we're having, um, with it being opening day, we'll have crafts this this week. So our hours will be 9 to 2 Okay. this week. Um, our normal hours are just 9 to 12. I but see. since we're having crafts, we'll be extended that a little while longer. So you normally don't have crafts. So how often this year are you going to have them? Um, our market is a, a producer-only market, and we prefer to stay that way. But we three times a year we do have crafts. We have an opening day and our closing day in November, and then summer on Broadway. Good. That's the only time we have crafts. This opening day today, Saturday, April 23rd, it looks like you've got Second Harvest Food Bank showing up as well. So what do they do there? Second Harvest started coming last year. Um, We've kind of partnered with them. It helps our farmers and it helps Second Harvest. Um, They come and set up a booth and they ask uh, customers to buy local fresh produce from our local farmers. And when they take that back, it's for the seniors. Um, uh, They provide that to the local seniors, the fresh vegetables. That's wonderful. Um, And that's been very successful. Who are some of your vendors that are going to show up? Will we have James Holder? I'm certain we'll have James Holder. <laughs> if the market's open, James is going to be there with his blue truck. <laughs> uh, Blackberry will be there with their breads and um, baked goods. Mm-hmm. And uh, jams and jellies, I'm sure. I know they are. Mm-hmm. And um, we have several vendors that will be there. I'm just not certain how many mm-hmm. since it's so early in the season. Well, what kind of products do you anticipate people bringing? I will tell you that Eco Rich is coming. Oh, good. Um, with their um, aquaponics lettuces, which are wonderful. But something new from them this year is they are, they'll be selling their tilapia this year at the market. 
Um, so we're really excited about that. Yes, that's really good. So you've got pork, they've got tilapia, kale, greens, mm-hmm. blackberries got that good bread. Um, the Zavales will have lamb, um, which is always a big yeah. hit. Oh, yes. That's the Zavelle Family Farm. And um, boy, they've been coming since the start. It's the Miracle Farmers Market, opening day to day, 9 to 2. For more information about this market, miraclefarmersmarket.org or Facebook. And you can always find information about all of our interviews at tennesseefarmtable.com. Support for the Tennessee Farm Table comes in part from Magpie's Bakery in downtown North Knoxville, just one block north of Broadway on North Central Street. And opening soon, Magpie's West, offering a convenient pickup location for special orders and a variety of fresh baked mini cupcakes and cookies daily. This will be located in the Village Exchange on Bearden Hill, just east of Calhoun's. More details coming soon. Magpie's Bakery can accommodate most budgets and styles, from a simple rustic barn dance with pies, cookies, and cupcakes, to a country club affair with a custom creation. Images of their ready-made designs and details on custom orders and appointments at magpiescakes.com. Magpie's Cakes. All butter, all the time. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Tennessee Farm Table today. If you've missed some of the show or you know someone who might enjoy the show, you can listen to the show on your schedule three different ways. Always at our website, TennesseeFarmTable.com. Just look for the link that says listen to the show. You can listen on your phone, your tablet, or your computer at any time. Also, you can go to iTunes search for the Tennessee Farm Table, and you'll find a full list of our shows. In addition, if you go to WDDX.com, you'll find an archive feature, and they post the last two weeks of programming. While you're there, perhaps you might want to make a tax-deductible donation to WDDX.com. They are our media partner, and they bring this to the radio waves. Thank you so much. Say hey, good looking. What you got cooking? How's about cooking something up with me? And now it's In the Kitchen with Mary Constantine, food writer for the Knoxville New Sentinel. Today, Mary Constantine is competing at the National Cornbread Festival in South Pittsburgh, Tennessee. She's competing with other past judges. If she wins, the festival gives $2,000 to Second Harvest Food Bank. And if she loses, she still earns $500 for Second Harvest Food Bank. That's the National Cornbread Festival happening this weekend all the way to the end of Sunday in South Pittsburgh, Tennessee. Mary's now going to share a recipe with us for Mile High Bologna Pie. When it comes to luncheon meat, I have a weakness for bologna. The only thing better than a fried bologna sandwich is a fried bologna sandwich made by my daddy. 
During a recent trip to the Muddy Pond community in Monterey, Tennessee, I was introduced to a different kind of bologna. Different for me, anyway. It was called Lebanon bologna. Wow. What a wonderful product. It's sweet, it's tangy, it's savory, it's smoky, all at the same time. Of course, I had to do a little research on the lunch meat, and I discovered that it's a traditional Pennsylvania Dutch product that's been produced for more than 100 years. So, heck, where have I been? If you're interested in trying some of it uh, and can't find it locally, there are plenty of places online for you to find it, or take a trip to Muddy Pond. They'll be happy to sell it to you. Whether you have the Lebanon bologna or just your standard variety, you can't go wrong by using it in this mile-high bologna pie recipe. I found the recipe from America's Best Lost Recipe Cookbook, and apparently it was created by a young homemaker who was on a tight budget. Here's how you make it. First, set your oven rack to the middle position and set your oven to 425 degrees. Heat one tablespoon of vegetable oil in a non-stick skillet and working in batches, cook a pound of deli bologna, preferably sliced in about one half inch thick rounds. Once you've got all your bologna browned, set it aside and add one more tablespoon of oil to the skillet. Slice up one small onion and saute that onion in the skillet then you need to take two large russet potatoes that you've peeled half and sliced thin and two carrots that have been peeled and sliced thin. Put those in the skillet and cook them over medium heat for about 8 to 10 minutes until browned. Then add two minced cloves of garlic and a fourth of a cup of water. Cover and cook that baby for 15 to 20 minutes until the potatoes are just beginning to soften. Stir in one cup of peas, I leave that out, but you can do that if you want, and then season the whole thing with salt and pepper. Remove the vegetables from the stove and let them get cool. Now, while they're cooling, you need to make your favorite pie dough recipe and make enough for a double crust. Roll one 12-inch circle and place in a 9-inch deep dish pie plate. Spoon all those warm vegetables into the pie shell and then arrange the bologna on top of the vegetables. Now, I layer my bologna with slices of sharp cheddar cheese, but you don't have to do that if you don't want to. Cover the bologna with the top layer of pie dough, and then you cut four little two-inch slits into it before you brush it with a beaten egg. Bake, again, 425-degree oven for about 30 minutes. And then you remove it from the oven, let it cool for five minutes or so, cut that baby, and enjoy it. Now, we'll tell you the recipe says to serve it with ketchup, but truly, you don't need it. This is Mary Constantine with the Tennessee Farm Table. Support for the Tennessee Farm Table comes to you in part by Kenner Tree Care, family owned and operated out of Louisville, Tennessee. Kenner Tree Care is proud to support this type of local community broadcasting. A certified arborist insured for your protection, offering removal of dead or problem trees, tree pruning, storm emergencies, tree care, soil conditioning, and tree and stump removal. 
contact Kenner Tree Care by phone at 865-686-8344 or by Facebook. Kenner Tree Care. Tree Care, Nature's Way. And now, two-time National Cornbread Festival winner Karen Shankles is going to share her prize-winning recipe with us. Karen, how are you today? Good, good. good. Well, now, can you tell us, uh, what is the name of that contest again? It's the National Cornbread Festival. And every year since 1997, they have had a cook-off, I guess they call it, where people submit recipes and they select 10 to be in the competition. So the first, the very first year they had it, 1997, I entered a recipe and was selected to be a finalist. And I went down there and cooked it and got third place. And it was so fun. Just the festival itself is a lot of fun. It's a lot of local people, volunteers, just putting so much effort into that festival. And it's just a lot of fun. So then the next year I entered and ended up getting a first place win. So that was exciting. And then it's grown a lot since then. So this year, um, I was looking to see, you know, what the, what was going on with it. And they said that they were going to select 10 of the past first place winners to compete. So when I saw that, I thought, oh, that would be so fun. Just because I remember several people, I've been back a couple of times since 98 in the competition. And so I knew some of the people that had won first place. So I was thinking that would be a lot of fun to go back and see people. So they called and said, you've been selected as one of the 10. And I was like, oh, that's so exciting. So then in looking at the ones that were in the competition this year, mine was the oldest recipe in the group and a lot of them were more from more recent contests and the recipes were more innovative creative unusual Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. I looked at those and thought oh they're gonna pick something a little more modern than mine because I just felt like mine was pretty traditional and not as you know, innovative Mm -hmm. as some of the newer ones. Mm -hmm. So when they announced that I was first place, I was just really surprised. Oh oh my goodness. But it was great. It was so (laughs) fun. (laughs) Can I ask what your recipe was? The name of it was Festive Good Luck Cornbread Skillet because it was for the festival. So that's where the festive... And the ingredients are, the main ingredients are collard greens, black-eyed peas, and smoked sausage. Mm. So it's kind of a New yeah. Year's... In fact, I did it the, the year that I came up with it. Uh, our youngest son was born December 17th. So I was kind of... Didn't get out a whole lot for a couple of weeks. So... Um, for New Year's Eve, I thought, I'm going to come up with something. I'm going to think about something for the Cornbread Festival. Uh, that's kind of what I came up with, and we had it for New Year's Eve. And then I kind of tweaked it. You know, you change things around a little bit after you try it. And so I submitted that recipe, and it ended up being selected as one of the finalists. So it worked, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds delicious. And would you share it with us today, how you make it? It's really not very complicated. It's got smoked sausage, like a pound, or I think most of the 
packages now call for 14 ounces. I mean, have 14 ounces in them. So that's mm-hmm. fine. You know, just around a pound. So you kind of brown that with a half cup onion. Then you put some chicken broth in that. And the black-eyed peas, it calls for two cans of uh, drained black-eyed peas. Don't rinse them. Just leave some of that in there. But And then collard greens. Recipe has frozen but it's really good with fresh collard greens in it too Mm. really better i think but a lot of these contests want things that you could come home from work and just fix Mm -hmm. and have so it the recipe the way it's officially written has the the frozen collard greens but fresh is good um and then on the top there's a cornbread mix and you use the martha white cornmeal mix and um, and the recipe's on the package, so it's pretty much mm-hmm. like that. I used a cup of the cornmeal mix, and I'm not sure exactly, uh, an egg, and then it's got buttermilk, and it did have some cheddar cheese in it, about mm-hmm. a half cup, I think, of cheddar cheese. Mm-hmm. So um, that kind of gives it a good little flavor, too. Uh, And the the thing about it, and I think it did call for mm, a little bit of hot sauce, so Mm -hmm. a half teaspoon, teaspoon, and that could all be to taste. And and spiciness, if you like it real spicy, then you can go with a spicier smoked sausage Mm -hmm. and get that flavor. Or if you kind of shy away from that, you can just go with something a little more basic or mild. So So you can kind of adapt it to your taste and make it like you like it. And you just bake it all up in kind of a big old bake? Yeah, in a cast iron skillet. Of course. Um, which is the, the two requirements for the Cornbread Festival is that it has to be cooked in a cast iron skillet. And uh, and then you use Martha White. They have now, they have the like the packages of cornmeal, mm-hmm. you know, different kind of flavors and um, a little bit different. And so that's probably how I would do it. If I were telling somebody, oh, just get a package of Martha White, um, they've got a sweet yellow and um, about three or four different ones, but it doesn't really matter, whatever mm-hmm. you like. And just mix that according to the package directions, add a little cheese in there in the mix, and then put that on top, and you bake it at 500 for about 20, 25 minutes. Oh, boy. And it comes out brown and wonderful and yummy so <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it stick to your ribs too it's it's good yeah uh-huh. and and with the green I feel like it's not um you know bad because it's got some black eyed peas and collard greens and good stuff <laughs> so some kids will turn up their nose at the collard greens but really it's it's good oh I bet so um how neat yeah This is Karen Shankles, winner of the 2015 National Cornbread Festival Cook-Off, and you are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table. We want to say thank you so much for your great company here today on the Tennessee Farm Table. We hope that you can join us again right back here at 9 o'clock at WDVX.com or online at TennesseeFarmTable.com. Our guests will be the people from St. Andrew's Episcopal Church who host yearly a big event called Garden Day. This is a fundraiser where 100% of the proceeds go to raise money for four different nonprofit agencies in East Tennessee. The special guest for Garden Day will be John Koikendall. Our theme song was written by myself, Amy Campbell, and beautifully performed by East Tennessee's own Any Sunshine. 
more information about Emmy Sunshine at theemmysunshine.com. That's spelled T-H-E-E-M-I sunshine.com. We want to say thank you to WDVX for bringing to you pure community broadcasting just like this show. They are our media partner, and we couldn't do this without them. More information at WDVX.com. We'd love to invite you to connect with us on Twitter and Facebook at TennesseeFarmTable.com and check out our podcast. We hope you have a good week and keep on digging. This has been a Campbell Creative Incorporated production.